G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Rise and Shine, Rise and shine. with Robbo and Becky on Vision. Well, it is such a great uh, honour to have Blessing Offer with us on Rise and Shine. G'day, Blessing. How are you doing? G'day, mate. <laughs> oh, nice. You've done. You've been practising that, I can hear. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> that is so good. Great to connect with you. And congratulations on the release of your brand new debut album. Uh, must be such a great feeling to have it uh, finally out. Man, it's beautiful to have it in the world and in everybody's hands. Um, the response has been lovely, so I thank you all very much. Oh, it's so good. It's such a, I mean, I was amazed when I, I first saw it. I thought it's like 17 tracks on the album. I thought, wow, <laughs> you've really you've had all this stuff that's obviously you've had to you know, pour out and, and get out into the, the wide world. But uh, it's just an amazing. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, just my initial, um, you know, I remember driving home from work one afternoon, listening to the album and just, you know, I mean, I'm renowned for my bad dad dancing, but I was certainly you know, bopping in the car. It's a, a really There's good. No uh, shame, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, such a wonderful thing. But we'll talk a bit more about the album soon. But I'd love to hear a, a bit more of your story because uh, obviously, you know, you're only sort of fairly new to us here at Vision. We've been uh, enjoying a couple of your songs already, but um, tell us a bit about your story because I mean, it is quite an amazing story. Um, obviously, born in Nigeria. But uh, you weren't so, that old when you moved to the US. Um, so tell us a bit about that. I mean, that must have been a massive, uh, you know, um, I guess thing for you being. What were you about? I think five or six years old when you left uh, yeah. Nigeria. So came to the states when I was just turned six. Um, it was kind of a culture shock, kind of exciting because everybody hears about America. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're like, I want to go to America, and I remember, I remember this. Uh, moment when I realized in the airplane, we were flying over New York City, and I remember the airplane kind of beginning to descend, and it dawned on me that America was still mm. on the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't like you didn't stay in the sky, because like as a kid, I was like, oh, well, if you need to take an airplane, maybe you it's in the air somewhere. Uh, you know right. what I mean? So it was, it was one of those one of those moments, even like your your childish childhood expectations, yeah. start to start to meet reality, and you go, "Oh, this is just another place in the world." You know? <laughs> um, That's so cool. And then I fell in the snow right outside JFK, and I looked at my uncle, and I was like, "Let's let's go home. Snow looks a lot nicer <laughs> in pictures." You know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been this massive because really cool. obviously the, you would never would see snow in Nigeria, would you? Correct. Yeah. Right. But we, he would send us all these pictures of like him in the snow and we were like that's so cool and then but like you don't really think about it being freezing right until <laughs> yeah. you fall in it as yeah. a six-year-old and you're like mm -mm, no no yeah. that's amazing <laughs> so you've moved to the u.s but i mean you it was your uncle that sort of took you in so you left your family didn't you so that was would yes. have been a massive thing i mean how did you i guess deal with that transition sort of leaving mum and dad and you know obviously heading off to a completely different country well so kids luckily are just incredibly resilient um creatures uh but it was it was very hard my dad and me are super close so from from pretty much right from the get-go i just i missed them so much mm. i was like oh my god and i kept saying to my uncle 
let's call them every day. So we would talk to them on the phone every day. And like, eventually it was like, well, you know, we do have to start uh, going to school mm -hmm. and doing, doing life things. And by the time you know it, days and weeks and months and years go by and, and it, it kind of happens faster than you'd think. Yeah, that's amazing. Was there a particular reason for you, uh, you know, being sent to the US? Like, was it for yeah. educational opportunities or what? Because I know that you were born blind in one eye. So like, was it more for yeah. medical reasons? What was the actual purpose there? So initially, because uh, there's, I'm the youngest of six kids. And so I get to, I got to come to America because they were like, well, we, so the the my left optic nerve was born uh, was was inactive from birth, but mm. I had vision in my right eye. So I came to the states to save the vision in the good eye. Mm -hmm. um, so as as uh, God would have it, you know the 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 bad thing that happened precipitated this good thing that happened. So I got to come to the states mm. for medical attention, um, and then obviously the, you know right around when I was ten. I had this accident where my friend literally shot a water gun and the stream hit the good eye and detached the retina, kind of scrambled the inside oh, of the good eye. Wow. If that had happened to you, you know, if you had full vision and that had happened, I mean, that would right. be you know, bad enough. But uh, to right. have that uh, you know, take away the sight in the, you know, the only eye that you <laughs> were able to see with. Correct. Wow, yes. that would have been an incredible um, you know, thing to have to deal with. And then- was there a thought that they might be able to save that with surgery or, or was it just immediately, you know, you sort of lost that vision? So it's funny. We tried about in, in the course of four years, probably over 15 different surgeries. Wow. And eventually it got to where I was like, guys, I don't want to live in the hospital. You mm. know what I mean? Like it took a lot of the vision, but also I was still 13, 14. And I was like, I just want to be in high school and hang out with my friends. So yeah. eventually I, I just opted out of all of it. Um, and I, I was, I said, I'd rather just get on with life and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not that bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it was, it was better than be, you know, as sweet as everybody at Yale had been. I, I just, it was still hospitals mm. you know, and I'm, oh, I'm not a sure. fan. I'm still not a fan to this day. I could imagine. I know a lot of people are like that. If they have lots of hospital experiences as kids, they often will have that sort of thing, an aversion. So I don't want to go back in to a hospital because oh, yeah, it, completely. it, yeah. So I guess it's a bit of the thing, though, isn't it? You, in some respects, you've made that decision of like, I'm just going to let go of this, you know, I guess a desire to see and yeah, just move yeah. on. You know, like was that an important thing? Do you think in terms of actually having a, an outlook for your future rather than sort of hanging on to that? You know, oh, I, I want to see if I can get my eyes fixed. Well, it's funny because it, I didn't. I don't know that I thought let go of the desire to see as much as I thought, and it. I guess it was more of a there's more to life than seeing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, because it's funny, even in conversations, people will be like, man, if I couldn't see, I would. And then they'd say mm -hmm. something horrible. And, but you wouldn't. It's just, you'd move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it, if you couldn't see, you'd be like, ah, oh, I mean, that really, really sucks. But then you'd be like, well, what else can we do? Yeah. And it turns out you can still do a lot. <laughs> you <laughs> know right. what I mean? So, yeah. So it's like, it's you know it's not fun sometimes like but most of the time it's just like normal life. <laughs> mm. Well, obviously you adapt, so. which is a, a great thing. And the wonderful thing is you can still play music, you know, without uh, without your sight. And I mean, we've exactly. been blessed with what we've heard uh, so far, and I'm sure you know so much more to come. But tell us a bit about that. I mean, I'm, as I understand it, you had already started to learn music 
uh, before you know, that accident. So you had a bit of an understanding, yep. but you've obviously developed, you know, and you've got a clearly a natural gift uh, that God's given you for music. So it's just such a wonderful thing that you're able to still, you know, sing and play and compose and, and, and write uh, music uh, despite that uh, physical limitation. Yeah, I, honestly, I, as far as lyrics, I, I feel like um, there's, like if I were to describe something one way, it would be different from something maybe you would describe or somebody mm. else that was thinking purely visually. Because while I can think visually, I can also think maybe in, in a slightly more angular, uh, not so direct mm. process. So yeah. I think sometimes it lets me maybe write weird words that turn out more creative or a different kind of creative if, if, if nothing else. So I, I think I've found benefits to kind of being able to think in this different way from, from not only experiencing the world from a visual perspective, but also experiencing the world from a completely auditory perspective. Yeah, that's so cool. So tell us a bit about this new album. I mean, as I said, there's lots of songs on it. Are there a couple yeah. of songs that kind of really are your, you know, I don't know if I'll use the word favorites, but you know, there's some that sort of just, you think, oh, I'm just so glad I'm, I've been able to, you know, get that song out. I love the last track on the record is called Looking for God. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs um, for a lot of reasons. Grace is another highlight for me mm -hmm. on that record. Um, Just let me stop you there because I, I wanted yeah. to talk about Grace anyway. Um, mm. a brilliant song. I, I really loved it as well. Now, I mean, it's a love song. You're singing to Grace, <laughs> but I'm thinking like, are you like, is Grace your wife or is Grace like mm. the, you know, theologically grace. grace like tell me a bit of that about that because it's 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 really got lots of different levels to it i think yes and you know what that question is it is grace a woman or is grace the theological concept the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> the answer is i'm just gonna let you decide yeah uh because i think sometimes in the christian music world we're so used to being fed the meaning mm-hmm uh, like this means this it's like but like good art allows for ambiguity and yeah. creativeness and and if 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 there's anything i want to do with my music it's hold my art to the level of th the excellence that the world expects of their art do you know mm, what i mean so yeah. it's like is grace a theological concept or is grace um a person it's like yes <laughs> yeah that's brilliant well and that was the thing i was as i'm listening to i'm thinking wow like obviously initially i'm thinking this is a love song and i'm thinking oh hang on no i think there's more to mm -hmm. this and so yeah i just it really does get <laughs> yes. you thinking which is brilliant yes the, yes the answer is absolutely <laughs> looking for god there is in the chorus it says uh, i've been looking for god in the strangest places looking for god in the back streets it's like we forgot who's friends with the wasted Mm. the left behind in the alleys and it says i've been looking for god because he's out there close to the pain and he's not scared and then the line is it's hold back your hair love mm. show you i care love it's everything that they said it's not i've been looking for god right yeah and I i've had friends go blessing you can't say hold back your hair it implies someone drinking oh right? Ah, right and i said and i said okay so show me the offense yeah you know i mean like what are you offended by is it because it the line doesn't promote drinking it doesn't promote drunkenness it doesn't celebrate 
any it just says here's a here's a circumstance that someone has mm. found themselves in yeah and what you do as someone who cares what god does as someone who cares is be with them through that circumstance and in this particular image it's by holding back the hair as mm. obviously they're getting sick right yeah so it's like are we offended because we're christian culturally offended or is there really something offensive and my argument is there's absolutely nothing offensive there you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. that's I, amazing i think if nothing else i i just want to challenge the culture that that believers find themselves in maybe to to th- maybe just open our open our uh, understanding a little bit and listen we're running out of time with you blessing it's been so good chatting but one thing i really did want to ask you about was i know that you've had some incredible opportunities already i mean this is your debut album that's just been released but uh, yes. already i mean you've had a collaboration with toby mack you've uh, had done some stuff with chris tomlin like these are the, yes, the cream of the crop in in Christian music. Yes, sir. What did it feel like to you to have you know these people coming to a uh, relatively unknown in yourself yeah. to say, hey, I, I want to write music with you. I want you to be you know on my song. Like that's a pretty amazing yeah. opportunity. Man, only God, um, and that's the truth of it. Because I, no one could have written this script. Um, yeah, I always tell people I was born in a village in Nigeria, literally. So. All of this is miraculous to mm. me. So that that including including the Chris Tomlin and Toby Mac and Brandon Lake and yeah. Lauren Daigle and all these people that I've gotten to be around in, in the early days of of me getting to do this for a living. It's all it all feels like a miracle and I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, it's so good. Well, we certainly uh, can see that there are I mean not to Coin a term, brighter days ahead for you, Blessing. <laughs> I should write a song. That's you should. You should write a song about that. <laughs> but no, look, it's been so good to catch up with you, mate, to getting to know you a little bit more and to hear your heart. I, I just love it. I, I just really you know, can see uh, that there is a, a real depth to, uh, to what you're bringing, uh, certainly not just the sort of cookie-cutter Christian music that we might expect. So uh, God bless you, mate. All the best with this brand-new uh, release, and uh, we're just uh, looking Thank forward you. to a whole lot more to come from Blessing Offer. God bless you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.